Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers who subscribe for early and ad-free listening at patreon.com slash sunranto and also by my bookie. Uh, now, I don't know about you guys, but to me, a game's more exciting when you put your money on it. Now, if I've got a gut feeling about a matchup and I bet on it and I win... Well, that's the best feeling in the world. Uh, regardless of whether you've been betting for years or this is your first time betting, MyBookie is your best bet this season. MyBookie.ag. Now, they're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little, win a lot. They've got parlays. So, uh, if you got a couple big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing. Go to MyBookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Pro football, college football, MLB playoffs are in full swing, and also hockey and basketball are right around the corner. Now it's the time to get off the sidelines get in on the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game. MyBookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie is going to double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. You're going to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Cubby blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Cubby Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Boutros Golly Sunrento Michael Sunrento Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Michael Cotton Oh, see, you give the guy a week off. You give him a week off, and he comes back roaring. That, I mean, that was almost a playoff call. It was. It's almost like you were excited enough that you made me feel like the Cubs were actually in the playoffs right now, and I wasn't watching the Nationals and Dodgers going at it hey, instead. Hey, I'm still riding the high of the end of the Cubs season. They won that series against the Cardinals two games to one. Hey, that's... Yeah, we we were. I'm I'm still fucking celebrating. We really. Yeah, why is they, everybody so down? They they finally got off. <laughs> sorry, sorry. And of course, we have here in the background trying to butt in to the conversation. Creepy crawlies hiding under rocks and creepy crawlies living in a tree. He actually does live in a tree. Hi, crawly. What's going on, man? No, I was again. I, I'm going to agree with Michael and say I'm just glad the Cubs finally got off the Schneid of that losing streak. That mm. was just awful. Yeah, there the, you go. That losing streak was rough. Yeah, right before we went live here, Michael said, uh, "You're finally off the Schneid," and I go, "What the <laughs> fuck is a Schneid?" 
And then uh, I had never heard that term before. And uh, both you and Crawley knew what it meant. It meant it means uh, off your losing streak. It's because Crawley and I are both 70 years old. And with Yiddish grandmothers, which is its right. origin. <laughs> right. This this was cool when I was 13. Yeah, so we're off to a hell of an offseason here, boys. Uh, this is we're, we're starting uh, the Cubs offseason, the Sun Ranto podcast offseason. Uh, we're, we're starting it off the schneid, I guess. <laughs> and uh, We're getting off the schneid. We're on to a new streak. But do you know who's on to a new sh- streak? Bill, a uh, new streak. streak. For Steve, Steve Shishek. Um, Steve. <laughs> Bill, Bill Shugish. Bill Shugish is on a new streak. Uh, another 365 day streak. Tomorrow's his birthday. Hey, congratulations, Bill. You made it through another year. And I would also like to wish you both a very happy Sean Rodriguez fights a water cooler versary. It's, that was the gif that kept on giving. Yeah, four GIF, years. GIF. Did, did you say gif? Everybody who, who knows it, it's a it's a gif. The gif. Gif. You don't eat it with your PB and J. The gif that keeps on giving. The gif that keeps on gifing. Um, so <laughs> and, anyway, that wasn't that one of what, the most wonderful moments of the last half decade. Oh, it was. I mean, I have to say, I somewhat feel sorry for the guy because he's just, only known for that now yeah he's only known for that well i mean that and the fact that he took like the fact that he played on the pirates to be how he was supposed to dress and wear his hair and everything <laughs> for his whole life to i look, thought that was weird yeah when he was like i'll look like an actual pirate yeah um what was really weird was when uh he was trying to get on the twins team and he forced some other dude that looked like him walk around with him. <laughs> yeah that was strange <laughs> that was strange especially because that guy was six foot eight and uh and a, a big fat black guy and right because he, he sean rodriguez thinks very highly of himself yeah he just totally <laughs> delusional man um like, this is my twin i guess he's also exactly known the same. i guess he's also known for getting in a car accident with his family that was sad yeah yeah. That was a downer. Yeah, we all hated way, him. Way to go. Fuck. Yeah, can't drive. On the schneid again. Uh, on the schneid. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but it's true. Um, all right, well, let's just get right to it. Uh, this is an off-season podcast. We're not going to be previewing any Cubs games or uh, you know talking about any games that happened. Uh, we've already done that. We don't have to talk about that last Cardinal series except for the fact we did win. We ended the season on quite a high ro- note except for losing, what was it, nine straight? <laughs> Well, and and on top of it, what a fucking waste of the Brewers' chance. Brewers playing a 71-91 and 91 team out here in Colorado can't fucking win a single game. The Cubs gave them the division, and they couldn't fucking come through. Yeah, and, and then they couldn't come through in the wildcard game, and they ended up losing in pretty dramatic fashion. And in the same way... At the hands of Josh, uh, the racist hater, uh, you know. But it, you know, he blew that game on the Saturday Wait, did you night. Say that Josh Hater hates racists. Yeah, no, no that he's a racist hater. Well, now he is because he's sad he ever said anything. But he he blew the game on Saturday night for the Brewers uh, when they could have tied the division, and uh, then he blew the wild card game. So, oh my god! And then that wild card game was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. And and I will say, like of all the teams that are still in it, uh, well, barely. It's one to one in the fifth inning with Max Scherzer on the mound for the Nationals. That's my team because of Johnny Onomatopoeia. 
you know, there's my NL team. But, um, but yeah, let's get into this. Uh, we have not talked about this. Crawley and I talked about it at the uh, the Ranters Forum, the Ranter Roundtable, because uh, Joe Madden had just been fired, and he's with the Angels now. Yeah, I, oh, I, I do want to say though we did cheers him off in some style a little bit. Uh, those that stuck around later, uh, we went to the Madden's post, and we did a try not to suck beer. We did a, a shot and a beer for Joe, a shot of Jameson, and a try not to suck beer. And uh, it was a real fun night, but a real late night. Yeah, my yeah, it was late. I couldn't believe when my <laughs> Uber said it was twelve thirty. I was like, I think I got home at like nine thirty ten. <laughs> like fucking three hours later than that. And I didn't do a shot and a beer. I did a shot and a shot and all hell broke loose and three hours disappeared out of my life. And then I texted you the next day, Crawley, and you're like, Yeah, you were pretty wobbly, brother. <laughs> so wait a second. Are you saying that Joe Madden is with the Angels now? I just got that he's interviewing with them. Uh, you you just feel like that's a done deal? No, he's he died. He's with the Angels. Oh, it's a joke. oh, no, he's no, he's um, no, he did Madden's interview. Post season is actually post life. Yeah, well, he inter- well, I don't know. Being with the the freaking Los Angeles Angels kind of seems like a, a dead end to me. Like, there's a team that gets all these players and never does anything. Yeah, what's nice is you can just live right outside the ballpark there. He actually, he does actually have a home right around there, and so you know, I think the better fit would be the Padres. But you know, you don't fire Brad Ausmus and continue to pay his contract unless you're pretty certain it's going to be Joe Madden. So I'm guessing well, they're and, just going to go Joe through the came motions. Up. Joe came up with the Angels as a coach. Yeah, like he he has a a, a big soft spot for himself. For he, yeah, he, he he literally did everything for him. Like any job that could humanly be done in a baseball organization, he did with the Angels. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he actually had to consult on that stupid movie, Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> like he did that. <laughs> Well, uh, how do you guys feel about it? I mean, you know, my gut tells me that we're not going to get anybody better than Joe Madden, but we're going to get somebody different from him that might overall be the right thing for the organization to get a new voice in there. I just don't, I just, I mean, come on, Joe Madden, he's probably a Hall of Fame manager, right? You're not going to get better than him. You're you're talking about a guy that was a three-time manager of the year, uh, two World Series appearances, one win. You know, he played with the Rays for a lot. He was manager coach with the Rays for a lot of years on a team that didn't have anywhere near the budget of the Yankees in Boston and was always competitive. And I just, I you know, I was a kid in the in in the Chicagoland area when the '85 Bears happened, and you had uh, Ditka and you had Buddy Ryan. And those guys just could not get along. They couldn't get their egos in check. And, and it really sucks because you felt like something more could have been done. And that's kind of how I feel about this situation. I kind of feel like that Joe is just a fantastic manager. And I'm really, I just felt like, you know, that Theo and Joe, I'm just disappointed that they just kind of, in the end, I heard that they just really kind of weren't getting along and just pretty much not having really great communication. So just yeah, disappointing. You, you know what, though? I'm going to blame that on the Ricketts because. Now, like, imagine when you're at work and the middle manager guy, like, has to toe the line for the boss guy, and then you just fucking hate the middle manager guy. I mean, I, I you're really... just like, quit being a dick. You know that dude doesn't know what he's talking about, but yet you're still being an asshole to me. 
that's what I feel like happened. I think the Ricketts were, I think Theo has been in a, a world of shit. For the whole year, I think he's been I, stuck no, between. Theo's a been rock singing. And a hard place. Theo's been singing with Pearl Jam forever. He has a two. He had the second highest payroll in the major leagues. He misspent the money. If anything, this is on Theo Epstein, not the Ricketts. I think the Ricketts say, "Here's your budget. Go to it." Now, maybe there, there's plenty of blame for Theo in those situations, but his relationship with Madden and how all of this was like just going badly. I think that was put upon him by the Ricketts. I'm saying that Ricketts just give the money. <laughs> yeah. Did the thing they I, they the give thing, a little more opinion than the money. My, my understanding of the situation is that things really started to go south with Brandon Morrow. Last um, year in 2018, right? 2018, yeah. Morrow um, was always a guy that just had phenomenal stuff. But could never stay healthy, you know, much like Kerry Wood, which we and all knew when Theo signed him. Which is all knew it, and my understanding is that that the Theo had and the whole kind of the upper brass had this idea of how you were going to go use Morrow and what you could use Morrow to do. And I can't remember the game that they he got injured in, but it was a game that he probably shouldn't have been in. You know, which if that's the case, then don't even have him in uniform. You they know? But, pitched uh, him three days straight or something. They weren't supposed to, right? It was something, it was something right. like that. And then he got hurt, and we never saw him again, and they blamed it on putting his pants on wrong. Or was that somebody else? <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, easy, yeah, and so that's really the issue here then is later on, yeah, he could never get healthy, and there was one reason or another. But I think Theo kind of was really irritated that that happened. And then from there, it was I think it kind of fractured the relationship a little bit yeah uh, I, no it, it, and i i can see that i mean they did get together and hash it out and well, talk and whatever either way we're gonna get last in. night i don't know i just theo is more likable to me than the ricketts so it's easier You'd rather to blame, blame them. The yeah, that's it yeah i think i think there's blame for the ricketts and the the fact that i feel like we've been sold the bill of sale uh, you know, we saw Theo's end of the year press conference. We all, I'll skip ahead in the script and, uh, you know, talk, let's talk about this because it's coming up. Theo's uh, end of the year press conference, and we got that like sad sack letter from Tom Ricketts being like, "I'm <laughs> P- sorry, I'm sorry, we sucked. I was disappointed from, too." From PK Ricketts, yeah, God. PK Ricketts says, "Hey, I want to let you know that we've got a nice ballpark. We've got some nice restaurants. We got Gallagher Way. We've got a hotel. Like, don't worry about the team. Look at all the shit we put around it." Because DK Ricketts is here for you. Yeah, no. As long as you what got he shit did, what he did say was pathetic. We struggled to deliver as a team in the moments that mattered most, falling short of our potential and failing to make the postseason for the first time in five years was extremely disappointing for all of us. We, we need to define our team identity and foster a culture of accountability. I'm confident our baseball operations staff will make the right decisions to maximize our opportunity to win now while also ensuring our long-term success. So the next year, everybody accountable. There's the new hashtag. Hashtag. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Everybody in sucked. And now everybody accountable is going to be better? Come on. Well, I doubt that's really the slogan. Just, just give us a fucking hashtag Cubs with our little Cubs logo on it. That's all I want. 
fuck this everybody in bullshit. Well, I just want you know it was when we talk simple. about everybody having some accountability here. You know, here's the thing that bothers me is 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 if Ricketts would have just said, "Look, we have a budget and we've been one of the biggest spenders in baseball," I wouldn't have liked it. But at least it would have been honest. As opposed to, I think we have everything we need right here on the team, and that was bullshit coming right into the season. I, I nobody that I knew, and and Danny, I ran into you at CubsCon as always, and and when when you're at CubsCon, you run into all sorts of different uh, types of people out there. You know, the diehards, some bleacher bums, bloggers, social media. Everybody, everybody knew. Everybody. Everybody knew. There's nobody that that walked into that thing. It just kind of just felt so depressing because. We basically, Theo kept telling everybody, I'm not signing anybody. Essentially, he basically said that a million times, and everyone kept trying to tell me, well, Theo's a brilliant poker player. He's not going to tell everybody he's going to sign somebody. I'm like, Theo's been pretty much honest with everything he said for the most part, and when you don't hear about Theo, that's when he's about to make a move. But he's not going to say, we're not signing anybody, and then turn around and sign somebody. I don't, you know. I don't well, buy that. Rickett so said team- they're out of money. I mean, it, honestly, that's how the season started. We're going to hold you all accountable. All your feet are going to be to the fire. They weren't. Uh, it, it, and then yeah. in getting to Theo's... Let's, let's ratchet up the pressure here, guys. Yeah, let's, this works. yeah let, let's make you really nervous when you're up there. And then uh, succeed. No, but uh, Theo talked about it, accountability as well. And it was nice to finally admit, ad- hear him admit that he fell too in love with uh, all the core guys that he drafted, which yes, we've been saying, say which we've been saying for years. And I know Lyle was the first guy on this, was being like, "You got to trade guys." Like he said it in 2017, he's like, "Yeah, get rid of this guy, that guy." We're like, "No, we love him." He's like, "No, they got to go." You can't do it because he watched it happen with the Red Sox, which probably Theo did the same thing over there. I don't know what band he was singing with then. wasn't Pearl Jam probably at the time because they're, <laughs> they're Chicago fans. He's probably out there with uh, um, Aerosmith <laughs> back there in oh, Boston Jesus. going on tour singing with Steven Tyler. Um, but uh, a couple of more. Hey, I heard he actually signed Steven Tyler to a spring training contract. Yeah, yeah, I heard he's he's his lips will be throwing batting practice. <laughs> but it, he talked about a few things. Uh, it, Theo did uh, the well. Actually, first let me say I thought Tom Ricketts' letter was so fucking depressing. It was ridiculous. Just come out and be like. Thank you, fans, for this wonderful year. We fell a little bit short. We're all disappointed, but we're going to be back out there next year, rock and roll. I didn't need to know all the, uh, that shit about the culture of accountability and all this stuff. I thought he got way too technical. His job should just be like, we're going to bring it to you, rah, 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 and let Theo say the stuff about, you know, uh, we're, you know, we're in a winner's trap. I fell in too in love with my guys let theo fall on his sword you know what i mean tom rickett should just be like man of the people a fake man of the people you know what i mean <laughs> like what did you think you guys got this letter right what did yeah did you read i, I got the letter and, and and you know it's it's very much the corporate everybody stay on brand everyone stay on message and yeah. that key the key to that message and and you got rid of a, a manager uh and then they put out the sad joe madden video too that actually made it seem like he died um, and, uh, <laughs> he's with the angels now, right? And, uh, if you take a look though, you're, you're firing a manager whose worst season was what? 84 wins. Uh, there was a time where cup fans would have given their left pinky finger to see a team win 84 games. That was his worst season 
one season oh. not in the playoffs, and you're firing them. So what's the reason? Accountability. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I think that if Joe Madden has a weakness more than anything, it's that he trusts the players to police themselves in the clubhouse. And, and some people really like that. But if you don't have the right people in the clubhouse, if you don't have leadership in the clubhouse, then it can go very wrong. And I think that's the same with pretty much any good manager. They're not going to be inside the clubhouse getting in guys' faces. He Most of the time, you, you rely on your veterans to be the ones that do that. And so this whole message of accountability is what they're really going with. And the reason that Joe had to let be let go is because didn't hold people accountable. Yeah, well, I heard Rizzo kind of came out and said, you know, hey, I, I'm going to step up and be more of a leader type, whatever that means. I, but I think that either you are a leader or you're not. You know, that whole, like, thing, that whole thing, though, irritated me because I don't know if you kind of heard a lot of it. I think they were talking about it at the presser and, and, and Theo, every time a media guy was around, he'd bring it up. All these players are coming up to me and asking me, what can I do? Dude, didn't didn't you guys do that last year? Wasn't yeah. that the whole thing last year? No more drinking on the plane, and we're all going to go on diets. No and, fast food, and yeah, right. And then and now now they all want to figure out how to be leaders. No, you either are or you aren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, and honestly, you can be. There are many types of leaders. I believe that Rizzo probably is one of the leaders in the clubhouse, but it, he's not ever going to. You can't be somebody you're not, correct? Right? Because if you're trying to lead and be the 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 rah rah guy in the dugout or in the dugout or in the clubhouse or wherever, and that's not what you normally do, it's going to come off as like fake and stupid. Like he leads just by being a calming presence, maybe having a little bit of fun on the field, loosening some guys up. That's the kind of thing he does. He's not your He's not your general. He's like your lieutenant guy. Right. And when you talk about less, you can talk about John Lester and Hayward in the regard is they are leaders based on look at what I do. Follow me by example. Yeah. And that's not what they need right now. They really literally do need somebody. Uh, I, I was at a, an event the other day with our friends over at Club 400 with uh, Miguel Montero and uh, John Maley, the former hitting coach. And I just think that, you know, Ross gets a lot of credit. And I don't think two guys that don't get a lot of credit for being in your face guys were Miggy and John Lackey. And Oh, uh, Miggy got fucking sent out of town for being for getting in, your in face. people's face. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? They talked about it. Miggy and John did. And, John, and Jake Arrieta was like, yep, you're right. I wasn't holding the runners on. You know, Miggy didn't have a good arm in the first place at that point in time in his career. And then all of a sudden, you're going to be holding the ball forever. That, that, that can't happen. You can't give these guys the running start. So he was honest. And now now they want accountability, but that's what they got rid of Miggy for. Yeah. And now it looks, I mean, obviously we're going to get a new guy because Madden's with the Angels now. But yeah. one of the main candidates uh, is Mark Loretta, who went on the radio the other day, and he was the bench coach this last year for Madden. And I wonder if the Cubs stuck him with Loretta as a bench coach that maybe Madden didn't get to pick his own guy, possibly. I don't know. But as a kind of like a, oh, manager, because it's like the assistant manager, right? So and they're like, let's see how Mark Loretta does. And then he goes on the radio and he says, quote, unquote, I think coaching in this day and age is a lot like parenting. I think kids and millennials need a certain amount of structure. They need a schedule. They are so used to that. 
driven around here, travel ball games, showcase events over here, all this stuff. They crave a schedule. There may be some initial pushback, but they like to have it. If you give them too much free time, that can go haywire. So it certainly sounds like he's trying to at least uh, telescope or telegraph to people or to the Cubs. I'm sure he said this to him too, the kind of manager he would be. And that sounds exactly like what you guys are talking about, about the kind of guy that they need in yeah, there. And I, I mean, I totally agree with that statement. Uh, it's, but I, I don't think it's, I, I hate the idea that you're putting this on millennials. Fuck that. Like, <laughs> dude, everybody needs that shit. Do you know what, like any of us, what do we do when we ain't got shit to do? Drink. Right. <laughs> Fucking, it's like, it's like 10 a.m. You got a fucking bowl of cereal and you're watching cartoons like you're fucking eight again. Yeah, you're like, and you're like you know what? Go get the cereal. Maybe a beer. But I ain't got <laughs> shit to do. I might go golfing later. Fuck. Your whole world ends as soon as like you just don't have shit to do because it's the best. And and you live on that shit for like a month. You're like, oh, remember when that that one day last month when I didn't do shit. But but Madden said the opposite prior to getting not renewed. He was talking about how players don't ever go out and hang out and drink anymore. And that was his complaint a little bit, is that guys kind of just doing their own thing and, and you know, Chris Bryant's watching Disney movies and, and that kind of shit. And so... <laughs> well, and, and we talked about this too. These guys have grown up over the last five years. They're at a very... It's a big change in their lives going from, say, 21 to 30 any time in there and you start to get married and have families and have babies and shit different Dude, things if you're become married and you have a baby they're just like us like they get up and they go play baseball every day but then they have to fucking go home and help out with the baby and honestly it's fun like you go home you play with your kid for a little bit you do your thing you know it could be stressful it could be you know not let me ask you our best time in the world but that's what you do at that age. That's what happens. And when that happens, your friends, your coworkers don't see you as often. But my question is, regardless of either of whether you're man and say everybody go out drinking or whether you're Loretta and everybody needs a schedule, I think the thing that we're kind of overlooking over and over again is this was a 90-win team four years in a row. This was a team that had 84 wins this year. And... You know, you went through an incredible amount of injuries and guys that were really banged up, really nicked up, and you had a bull, bad bullpen to kind of throw that in the middle of things. You know what I mean? Where we knew that bullpen was bad, and how many ga- they was twenty nine blown saves and right, and, and, and it, it was it was October for like six months, which is fucking confusing. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the leaves are orange the whole time, and you're like, <laughs> I thought it was July. Every but, time you walk out there and you're like, wait, the I, why is the ivy still green? Yeah. I swear the ivy's supposed to be red. Now. Why are there pumpkins everywhere? <laughs> um. I, just, I think we're overthinking this, this big time. I think that when you look down to it, you had a bullpen that was not fixed. You tried to fix it with Kim, with Kimbrel later on, and that didn't work out. You had a couple guys that kind of came through for you, but in general, this was a team that was beat up. So if you're going to have Rizzo hurt, if you're going to have Bryant hurt, and you're going to have Baez hurt, you're probably going to suffer some. 
Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and that's and, definitely what happened. And on top of it, though, Theo did not fill out the periphery of this team to go, you know, to A, have any depth to replace any of those guys when they went down, but B, you know, in, in the way that, like, you know, half the lineup would produce and the other half just simply would not, like, at all. It was like a black hole when you looked at, you know, the Almoras of the world and, um, uh, Russell, Russell, you, you know, and, the, you know, center field and second base was a black hole all year with very little bright spots. You have had no leadoff hitter the entire time. That's on Theo and um, and maybe somewhat on Ricketts for well, not it, like it is a little like, bit oh. of bad luck with Zobrist having his issues. Just, you know, that's. Right, that was something nobody could have even even as even as kind of negative as we were going down the season. We didn't. I mean, my concern was he was an older guy that probably is going to show some decline, and that was my worry. I didn't think he'd be gone for four months out of the season. Yeah, yeah, and so they were really just kind of playing shorthanded all year. But once again, there was no depth going into the season. The bench and the bullpen looked like garbage. We already knew that, you know, that Lester wasn't going to pitch as many innings, that Hamill wasn't going to pitch as many innings. They're getting up there in age. They, they instead of, well, they traded away Mike Montgomery, one of their own only long men possibilities, used Tyler Chatwood in that role exclusively. None of the other guys they tried there, like Alzali, really worked out. So it's just like, you know, they just didn't have guys to i mean where the hell was um alec mills all year yeah he where the hell was he at the end uh pretty good he's like now everybody's talking like he could easily be a fist yeah i'm like oh really because he was the freaking number one in iowa all fucking year and like for what so then they bring up halfway too late i mean all that shit's on theo Possibly on Joe, like it's definitely on the baseball operations guys. And another thing that I found interesting out of the Theo presser, I want to get back into the managers, but um, about how they lost the contact battle this year because of the juice ball. And um, so the Cubs, because we've talked about this at length, there's no diversity to their hitting. They're all the same profile guys. Three true outcomes, strikeout, walk homer. Well, they didn't expect that doubles were going to go out of the park or or easy, lazy fly balls were going to leave the park this year. They didn't expect that. So yeah, it oh, became They a- also didn't expect that a, a an easy line drive single was going to travel an extra 50 feet yeah. so it was an easy out. Well, right. So, in other words, they had the wrong guys for the ball because they had nobody that just put the ball in play. And how many times did Story we complain? Story of my life. Wrong guys <laughs> for my balls. Yep. And how many times did we complain about getting Babbitt to death? Because these balls are shooting through the infield at a, well, faster. Yeah. You know? Faster. You can't get to them. Freaking uh, Joe decides, or uh, probably John Lester decides, he doesn't like the shift, so Cubs don't shift anymore. Even though Joe Madden invented it, pretty much, you know. Yeah, that that's the crazy thing. Is it like all this talk about Joe? Look, I agree that Joe is a Hall of Fame manager. I think that he had a lot to do with the Cubs in 2015, 2016, 2017, really just taking control and being very, very good. But then he, he, and not even then, he was doing it during the, the good years as well. He just gets too fancy, right? And he says he relies on analytics and all this shit. I don't know that his analytics said, don't fucking shift. 
but he did change that part of his life. Say, did, did, I'm not he change, do this did he change? Because I heard John Lesser just doesn't like it. That a lot of the veteran guys don't like the shift. Gives a fuck. <laughs> I agree, but did, fuck have old you, guys, have, have you heard their this? asses? I'm the manager. You're getting a fucking shift, and you're gonna have to goddamn live with it. And you don't like it. Pitch better, Crawley. Have you heard this? That that's the reason why they didn't I've, shift. Yeah, I've, I've heard. heard I, I have heard some things around it. I can't confirm it, but it's definitely been out there. If if that's the case, I understand like having the discussion. But this happened for a long time. Like at some point, you say, "Well, hey, John, we tried it your way, and, and we're the, you're going to try it and, my way, and we've regressed defensively." Yeah. So, but I thought that was interesting. That uh, ultimately. They're, they need. They know they need more contact hitters. I looked just kind of at the free agent and uh, list and who was a contact hitter. Not a lot out there. There is no savior coming to save this team. It honestly comes back to this last year, which is it's got to be the players that we have that are the core do better <laughs> unless they make. Yeah. I mean, well, that's really what it comes down to. Hey, and and I don't want to toot my own here, horn here, but. Somebody on this show really likes singles and doubles and likes the way baseball is played that way rather than just homers all the time. Yeah, Crawley. a few people on this on this podcast <laughs> I mean, like that. I mean, you, you clearly need some diversity in your lineup. And when, when Theo talks about the contact game, it was just how many strikeouts sometimes. It was, it was sometimes you'd go and there'd be just games where it'd be like 18, 19 strikeouts. And you, and then all of a sudden you'd get these junk ballers that were throwing shit all the time, and I, I would I get so mad I would be flailing away. Oh, oh, the the Cubs cannot hit a junk baller. That is right. That is a huge bad point in their lineup. They can hit fucking Scherzer and Degrom and Thor and all these guys that are fucking massive awesome pitchers, but you know throw out a. I don't even know. Anybody. Gio Gonzalez. Like, Gio Gonzalez, who, or, uh, yeah, was was Gio Gonzalez. What about the, the White Sox dudes? Oh, uh, yeah, he was awful. God, uh, yeah. I actually, I didn't go to that uh, Yeah, the guy they used to be Gio on the Lito. Pirates. Gio, yeah, it was, yeah, Gio Lito was Lito, awesome. They, they killed him. <laughs> they killed him. And then the other dude that nobody e- even Ivan no- remember. Ivan Nova. Ivan Nova. Ivan Nova. They they got destroyed by Ivan Nova. Like, well, that's that's the thing though is that it's just I would sit there every time it would be a Gio Gonzalez start. I would say, okay, if I was Joe Madden, I would tell those guys, don't take the bat off your shoulder for the first four pitches. I don't care what happens. Do not take your bat off the shoulder for the first four pitches. And I would literally watch these games and I would count how many times they would just be swinging away like they were swatted flies. It was just awful. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, that's kind of what was happening. I don't know if you watched last night's uh, uh, Nationals game, but uh, it, when they put out um, uh, guy, uh, the guy that was on the Braves, I'm drawing a blank here. He was on the Braves, and then he went um, over. Keuchel? No, no. not Keuchel. Um... Uh, Nationals. Uh, uh, God, it's right on the – tip of my tongue uh <laughs> everybody listening I right know. now radio death radio death oh anibal sanchez i want to fuck you like an anibal sanchez and he was <laughs> he was throwing, how could you forget that <laughs> well that, that's how i'm gonna remember it in the future so you all know um but no they they uh threw him out there and the dodgers once again they were out there flailing away for five innings davy johnson pulled them 
uh, Dodgers put up seven runs next inning. You know, it was just like, why, you know, I get it. You got the, you know, the righties coming up or, and you want, or the left and you want to like put somebody else in and, uh, you know, but it did not work out. You know, that's why sometimes, you know, I know they want a new manager that plays the analytics game, but there is a place to this guy's dealing. Do not oh, yeah, remove yeah, yeah. him. And when you I have to feel the game, when I watch Joe Madden play it by the so-called book, and I watched Davey uh, Martinez do it by the so-called book last night, and it fail, I was like, "Yes, that's so fucking frustrating." Because there was no reason to remove Sanchez unless he looked like he needed to be removed at right. that point. See, and I, I think the analytics are very important, right? When you don't really know what's going on or you need to you need to have numbers back up what you're seeing right but yeah like you said sometimes guys just have it going you know and when they have it going let them go a little bit longer let them let's see where we're gonna go with this game feel the game and i think that's what all the old timers that are fucking freaking out about analytics and stuff, that's where they're coming from. Like, the feel of the game, what we as fans understand is the game. Right. That seems to be going away, and you see managers doing things like getting rid of the guy who's dealing for five innings to bring in somebody else who gets fucking killed. And you're like, well, I saw that coming. Well, you you felt it. Yeah, especially with the bullpen. Sometimes you see guys – that drives me nuts sometimes when you some, see some guys dealing and then you take them out and the next guy doesn't have it. Oh, you know? dude, dude comes in, three straight uh, pitches, that's a strikeout, and then they pull him for somebody else. You're like, wait, I get I get that's a loogie, but maybe that loogie's got it tonight. Right. I just heard the car. I was listening to the Cardinals broadcast, who unfortunately devil magic their way to a walk off win today. Oh, oh! <laughs> and thank God they respected the game. Yadier Molina, <laughs> what is an a asshole! Goddamn, uh, he's a statesman of the game, and he treated baseball tonight like it was like his bitch. Know, no, he instead of bat flip, he be bat through. And, he uh, fucking he was trying to hit other players on the team. <laughs> um, and well, what I was going to say is that uh, first of all, the St. Louis broadcast is terrible. Mike Shannon <laughs> is oh. is is just the worst broadcast uh, in um, in a baseball. Uh, and uh, he's um, just um, and uh, here's the pitch. And uh, I mean, he he's terrible. But one of the their decent broadcasters actually managed to get out that uh, he, he believes that the more bullpen pitchers you face, the more of a chance you're going to face a guy who's going to have a bad day. Makes and, sense. Yeah. And I'm like, that makes sense. Cause if some guys out there dealing, and even if you, uh, you know, thought that maybe he should just face one or two batters, uh, the middle of the lineup, whatever it is, you know, if he gets, if he strikes those guys out, and his velocity's good, and his spin rate's happening, and everything that you're looking for looks good, I think you should play the guy, the player who looks good, instead of what some stupid book said happened in the past. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes. I will, 
I will tell you that Mike, I do not know how people can listen to that Mike Shen. Mm. I mean, it is so bad. I was listening today and I'm kind of, you know, we get, you know, the stupid Cardinals, stupid Yachty, eighth inning gets the, you know, gets that little flare over Friedman's glove. And then all of a sudden it's the top of the ninth and Acuna's up and who he calls Acuna. Acuna Matata, for some reason. He calls him Acuna. Like, Acuna's up, and he hits a ball that Shannon calls a home run in the top of the ninth. <laughs> yeah, he did. He goes, and, I'm like, and, <laughs> and he's called it like this. He called because I was listening then, too. He, he goes, and there's a home run. And he dives on the warning track, and the ball's in the crowd. And I'm like, what happened? Wait, wait, <laughs> That's I, what he said. Exactly what he said. He he makes Ron Coomer sound like freaking uh, Vince Scully. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I don't even understand what you just said. Exactly, and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> it, wait, wait. I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, you just described a ground rule double. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, Rich. If you really know baseball, you could figure it out from that. But right, and that means that the original home run was nowhere near the fucking wall because if it's close it would hit the wall and not he, go in he said face. he thought it was gone i don't he know why they gone. let him he was do all it. crouchy he was all crabby and then the other guy that they got comes in and starts trying to trying to call the play because he, the old man had just kind of checked out <laughs> yeah it was uncalled he, out. Yeah. He, he was he was three shots in oh yeah that's what everybody keeps saying on twitter that he's just drunk He's just like ah fuck he's he's uh Bob Euchre in Major League. But uh, you know, I, I listen to a lot of games. I love listening to Euchre. I think he's a fun, fun announcer. This Shannon guy, like it, it is like he doesn't even know the players' names. He'll be like the St. Louis batter. You know, it's he doesn't even like <laughs> won't even say like Goldschmidt, you know what I mean? It's like if you don't know if you kinda like walk away for two seconds, it takes you like, you know, a few minutes to figure out what the hell's going on in the game. Oh yeah, that is that is rough. I hate when they're talking about people and things going on in the field, and they won't say a name. It's yeah, like, I don't know where the ball is. Yeah, I, no, you don't know who's up. You don't know who's pitching. You don't know what happened. Um, well, let's get back into these managers, shall we? All right, all Real right. quick. Um, I mean, there's a couple in-house candidates. Uh, there's David Ross, which I mean, to me, if you're looking to move on from 2016 with the whole winners trap. Theo singing with Pearl, Pearl Jam thing. If uh, if that's the case, then probably Ross is the wrong guy for that situation. But, you know, because he was buddy-buddy with, you know, your Rizzo and everybody. I mean, how do you guys feel about Ross? I mean, I, I like Ross as David Ross. The ESPN guy, the Dancing with the Stars guy, the world's most famous backup catcher guy like he was great that was his role he was perfect in it and in that role he definitely led in the clubhouse and got on people's cases and did things and whatever that was great i don't necessarily know that that will transfer over to managing those same guys it's like when you're at work and somebody gets promoted and now they're and, the boss and they act a little different. And yeah, then, but and you like, don't really respect You still want to be cool with them, but then you also hate them. Not only that, if you weren't cool with them, then are you not on their good side? Right, exactly. It's. I think that's a bad situation all the way around. 
You know, for me, it's it's hard because I know with Aaron Boone and the Yankees and stuff like that, it was kind of a similar situation. No experience as a manager and coming out of the broadcast booth. He was gone a little while longer, though, right? Uh, yeah, Maybe he was not. gone. Yeah, a couple of years longer. Yeah, I would say. But uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. It's 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 really difficult. And I think Theo did kind of bring this up in the press conference. How he's you know they really experiences something that's valuable. I mean, it's it's really hard. You're looking to win now. And you can't afford to make mistakes. So, I mean, if you're going to go with Ross, then you better sure as hell know, like like I said, a veteran uh, bench coach of some type because I, – Because I... he's got no experience at all. He's not been a bench coach. He's never been a manager, not in the minor leagues. You know, we don't know what we're getting at all with a lot of these guys. You know, Will Venable, you know, right. he's been I mean, a first base coach. This is the only way I want David Ross back. Player – manager okay i want the first player manager in 30 plus years david ross he goes out there with john lester he catches john's like four or five innings that he's gonna throw and, and the then rest, like and then he manages from the catcher's position he's like you're out john and then he walks to the dugout with him and a completely different battery comes out you know you could probably save yourself a mound visit that way you could he could just do it he could just do it from behind the plate. You'd be like, Leaf. You know, yeah. would that count? Get the fuck up the mound, John. Get off. Just yell out there to him. Uh yeah. You know, and the big thing is all of these candidates are gonna need Joe Madden like slogans. I think I think we're in the era that they all have to have these things. I mean, I think I think Rossi is Rossi is my bossy. Right? And, Something and like that. I, I got one for Mark Loretta, too. Um, you, you, like, bet, sideburns bet. on your T-shirt, Rossi is my bossy. And uh, I, how about this one? Betta with Loretta. Betta. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, like how about, oh Betta Loretta Blues. So Will, Will Venable is going to be interviewed. He was the first base coach also brought on this year. Well, Actually, that was in 2017, right? He's been out there yeah, for a Yeah, he's been okay. around there for a little bit, yeah. And he was the special assistant to Cubs president Theo Epstein, and uh, I don't know. what What's a good one for him? Will Venable? <laughs> I don't think they're going to go with... Will Winnable? Winnable. Winnable. Winnable with Venable. Yep, Winnable the, with Venable. The season's Winnable with Venable. Um, and then Carlos Beltran's been bandied about. By the way, when I looked up a lot of these names... All the teams, the Mets, they fired Mickey Calloway. They're looking at all the same guys that we are. So, you know, and it's cool. There's a lot of cool names on here that I hope get jobs. And I really love that uh, a guy like, well, you got Joe Espada, Carlos Beltran, and Raul Ibanez, all Hispanic guys. I think that's cool. I think there needs to be more of that in the major leagues. And I know there's a rule that you have to hire, not hire, but interview so many minority candidates yeah yeah there's a rule for that but um which might be why these guys are getting a a, even a chance at this point because for forever it was just all freaking uh you know old white guys yeah but honestly literally the the three hispanic ex-players are the ones that i'm like ooh, i like those are those are the ones that have me the most excited Carlos yeah, Beltran, yeah. Joe Espada, Raul Ibanez. They, you know, Beltran. God, I remember, boy, he he had a spell one time with Houston before he hit free agency, and he was at Wrigley, and I'll never forget that guy could just throw, run, hit. I mean, he was just a five-tool player that just, 
unfortunately couldn't stay healthy, but he was all, you know enough, but he was one hell of a player. Raul Ibanez makes me laugh because I don't know if you remember in 2009 going into the offseason, they needed a left-handed bat. I remember and, them Raul Ibanez getting bandied about as somebody that calls him, so, go for it. Yeah. So Jim Hendry had three choices, Bobby Abreu, Raul Ibanez, or Milton Bradley for your left band bat. <laughs> oh, and we all know he nailed that decision. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just nailed it. And then he killed his wife. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's true. That's what happened. He fucking killed his wife. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, oh, he did. She God. died. She died, and she was too young to die, and she was married to him. So if you ask me, she died of uh, being married to him, basically. Yeah, he, but he it'd be interesting that he would come around again. But if you take a look, Espada, I know uh, Beltran was up for the Yankees job and they went with Boone. But I, I know it was Ooh. a real real close decision for the Yankees job. I got but, it. Ring the bell with Beltran. Oh, there it is. There <laughs> it is. Ring the bell every day like a, like a fighter. Ding, ding. Well, how about Joe Espada? You know, Espada in Spanish, uh, it means sword. Espada. So, uh, could do something with that, like a spot, like some. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you realize nothing right. rhymes with sword. Well, it's, it's funny because when you look up Espada, it gives you all these examples. And one of the main examples it gives is like, like Sword of Damocles. And I'm like, we can't get him because <laughs> that's what we're facing right now is the Sword of Damocles over our, our, over our contention window. And if you get a spada, then he is the Sword of Damocles. Well, I mean, we have... He's what? younger than me, too. He's only 44. Yeah, we, we have two guys named Joe up mm-hmm. for the job that Joe had. <laughs> you know, yeah. not another Joe. Well, then there's not the, a regular Joe. The Boom, jo- there's your T-shirt. The 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 Joe offense in the room is Joe Girardi, um, right. who uh, you know, Joe it's, Mama. It's it's Sorry. it's funny because they say he's anti analytics, but then they talked about how he carries this giant binder around, and they call him Binder Joe. And I was like. Well, that seems pro-analytics, and then I remember that binders are really old-fashioned, and you're supposed to use a computer. And I was like, oh, yeah, binders. He's, he's not anti-analytics. He's anti, like, iPads. Technology? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nah, he's, I just... He's, he's going to fax out the lineups? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joe, Joe fax. <laughs> he's got some carbon copy machine. Do you remember those? Like, you ever... Uh, my, I went That's to, the t-shirt, CC Joe. Yeah, see, he doesn't know. Um, but anyway, I, I think most Cub fans are against Joe Girardi and because of what we've heard and the reasons he got fired from the Yankees. Um, you know, I, I think that he could be the hard ass they might need. Nobody likes him. But see, what I'm thinking about, too, is... The Marlins didn't like him, the Yankees didn't like him. Right. What you have to be very careful of here is not doing a complete pendulum swing of Mr. You know, happy-go-lucky hippie to Mr. You know, strict enforcer. Like, I just don't think that's going to work. you got to find somebody that's kind of more middle ground in that area that's kind of lax like Joe, but you know, willing to get into somebody's face. A hippie with a job. <laughs> that's like a like a, like a stoner who also day trades. 
Yeah, the, the, the responsible hippie. Everybody likes the responsible hippie. It's like Steve Jobs. We need Steve Jobs. Yeah, no, nobody likes the hard ass like, uh, I'm not going to touch anything. There's no ice cream in the clubhouse like none of that yeah bullshit. didn't i heard that about like gerard that. eating no ice cream <laughs> what if, i mean i can't think of anything more wholesome you could be doing He's, than having an ice cream <laughs> chris bryant fucking called theo right away he's like you no can't ice cream no ice cream gotta have my chunky monkey and no disney either <laughs> turn off that peach dragon you jerk <laughs> um well, it's funny because I, I was I was so pro Joe Girardi in 2006 when they got rid of Dusty Baker, you know? Oh, or, sure. so was everybody, and so many Cubs fans just haven't reset their brains from 2006. Yeah, well, that's they haven't set the, reset their brains since high school, most of the Cub fans. Actually, that's yeah, most but, human beings. They just kind of get set in, at, like, college, and then yeah, they're stuck I, there I'm forever. I'm I was all about Girardi in 2006, and then they went with Lou Pinella, and it was like, eh, okay. Sweet Lou. Falling asleep in the dugout with a fucking <laughs> plate of pasta on his belly. Oh, God, that was great. Oh, sad times. You got to admit, things are at least better from back then. Sleepy, yeah, sleepy I mean, Lou. Do you remember that Lou would only go with to a guy that he had a barber that would give him the straight razor edge on the beard? And so when he'd go on the road trips, he wouldn't shave. <laughs> yes. And he would just come back looking as scraggly as you could be. I just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's really the no candidates. No. David Ross could look a little scraggly from time to time. Um, Joe Girardi seems to be well-kempt. I'm, everybody else, it seems to be, uh, well... Tidy, <laughs> for lack of a better term. There probably is a better term, but tidy will do. Um, who do you want? Well, I personally like Joe Espada, right? Astros bench coach, only only for like a couple years here, but uh, he's 44, he's young. Um, you know, and, and if you want Girardi, but you don't want Girardi, right? Like he worked with Girardi in New York. You know, so he's got a little bit of that sort of like he would understand that, but not be a dick like him. And he's also <laughs> been in the Astro system for two years, so maybe he knows something about pitching. You know, and and then one thing I'm looking at here, just like you know, sometimes maybe you just want something, and and you know, when you talk about Theo falling in love with his players too much, maybe you need an outside set of eyes to take a look at things. And that's where I'm kind of leaning more towards whether, you know, whether it's Espada, Beltran, or Ibanez. Just somebody, you know, I mean, Loretta, I guess you could argue, really was only there for a year. So he kind of maybe already kind of has a general feel for things, which could be a good thing. But I'm looking at the way that, you know, you're looking at the teams where you look at Ibanez with the Dodgers. Look at the juggernauts the Dodgers have been. And you look at Espada with the Astros. I mean, right. I don't know. And, Does anyone not Ibanez, think they're win? Yeah, Ibanez has been through the whole front office with the with the Dodgers. So which you know, which goes to the yes stuff. man idea of things, which is kind of my prediction is that no matter who they go with, it's going to be somebody that is uh, you know at least I guess in step with the front office. If we maybe are in agreement Here. that they haven't been in step with the front office for the last year or two, um, you know Theo gets his guys based on the analytics that he's thinking about and joe does something different joe madden you know that maybe creates that schism we were talking about earlier i think they might go with somebody 
I mean, Mark Loretta, as I said, he's already in-house. That might be an easy situation. I I mean, maybe he was put in there to make Joe do those things this year. But here's what happened this year when Joe wasn't allowed to manage. 84 wins instead of 95. And you sit home in October. When, you, you know what I mean? Like, I know I said this earlier uh, in the year. Joe Madden was not allowed to manage this year. We might have said it right away when we heard that, you know, they were banning you know, uh, the beer and the fried chicken from the flights and stuff like that. And that Joe had to put his lineups out early and stuff. Joe did do his thing. And I think that was a lot of the big tension in between. What? like? And I I think that that Joe spent a lot of time from the moment he got here in 2015 till you know, building a culture. And then all of a sudden, just, again, it's sometimes I wonder – how much there was an overreaction. If you looked at what happened at the end of 2018, it's one of it was just a bizarre freak occurrence where they had to play something like 40-some games straight, flying into hurricanes, nonstop travel. Rizzo went on the plane one time and didn't even take off the uniform. He just went on the uniform, you know, went on the plane with his uniform on. It was, and then all fair, of a sudden... I think the, Rizzo does that more than we know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the Brewers just go on an incredible run last year, and you, you had to go to game, uh, what was it, 163? Yeah. And then this year with the injuries. I think you had two years where you were just kind of snake bit on certain things that were just out of your control. But what Theo talked, or what Joe Madden used to talk about was two out of three ain't bad. The meatloaf. And you know what? He was right. And he, and you can't treat every game like it's game seven of the World Series. And October begins in October. Yes, every game doesn't – I mean, you're not going to win every single game. You, but you want to win series, and that's going to help you yeah. get there. His T-shirt was don't let the ple- pressure outweigh the pleasure, right? Don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. And yeah. next year's slogan is don't let the pleasure exceed the responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> I think the next one is you gotta go with the spada. <laughs> oh, there you go. You gotta go with the spada. No. Hey, another bonus point for a spada, by the way. I didn't get to this. He coached Javi Baez in the World Baseball Classic. He, he was I'm the Puerto Rico right- coach. Right now, I'm just kind of picturing Michael Cotton with a, with a notepad of paper, writing this shit down and crumpling up balls and just trying to go <laughs> off with some of these. It's <laughs> like Kerouac <laughs> writing on the road out there. Right. He's, he's, he's got a rhyming dictionary out. And he's yeah. just whacked out on greenies and fucking speed. <laughs> it's the great American novel. But the only thing that comes out is really bad puns for baseball Baseball people that 99% of the world doesn't know. He's just sitting there crumpling, you know, let's party with Girardi. No, not <laughs> it up, throws it in the wastebasket. I mean, just I just see this overflowing wastebasket full of brilliant. The, best thing, about the let's, best thing about let's party with Girardi, no sleeves on that T-shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is, that's, that's the uh, July in the bleacher specials. <laughs> Sleeveless. Um, so, all right, let's, well, who do you want? Did anybody say anybody? No, I, I said a spotter or you said a spotter. That's what I want. And, and, and I'm in the same boat. Like I said, I'm, I'm good with either of them. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I more, more know who I don't want. And it's, <laughs> it's just, no, I really, I, I, I think they're going to do what they do, uh, based upon who they vibe with most. And that's impossible for us to know. Yeah. Who I oh, do- by the by the way, I 
I said Espada or Ibanez, but I want to make sure everybody understands. Rossi as player manager, I'm that's yeah, my that's your my pick, top pick. thing. Yeah. I just want to see another player because then you go three catchers. Oh, um, there we go. There's the fucking key to the season. You just sold it. I I agree with all you guys on on the the uh, kind of really new voice, really fresh eyes. Like let's let's make this a total a totally different kind of voice. I don't think we should go total hard ass like Girardi. I don't think we should go with a guy from 2016 like David Ross um, right now. I think he has a future maybe, but he's already said he's like, hey, I got these young kids at home. I'm enjoying my TV job. But then he also would go to the Cubs if like if there was an opportunity, I think he would take it. You know, I really do. Um, Mark Loretta, I do not think is those fresh eyes. Neither is Will Venable. I would love to see a guy like Beltran or Abanez in there or Joe Espada. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think they need to go with one of those guys. And um, it, it almost feels kind of like we're going back to like a Ricky Renteria situation. You know, uh, you know. I think I think Ricky. You know, again, when you talk about that pendulum swing, you had Dale Swaim, who you want to talk about a hard ass. I mean, Spain. you know, he, Spain, you know, he just Spain, really Spain, was. Spain. <laughs> he was, you know, just kind of a jerk, and just you know, and then Ricky was kind of the opposite, kind of really of a nurturing kind of guy, and really got <laughs> some of those guys. Right, really got, really got. You know, I remember it was uh, Castro bounced back, Rizzo bounced back. Uh, that first year that they had Ricky in there, I don't think he's the answer for sure. But uh, you know, I, I think Rick, Ricky still has a lot of issues. When you want to talk about analytic analytics, there's a lot of White Sox fans about done with him and his bunting and some of the stuff that he does, where it just kind of is not really more new school baseball. <laughs> well, kind of well Joe Madden bunted with the bases loaded this year, so yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to hear it about you know. And he's the greatest manager in Cubs history. Yeah. And I love, I fucking love bunting. But when the balls are made by a Titleist, you don't bunt. Yeah, you <laughs> like, don't. It's just fucking a bunt goes to second base, and the second baseman doesn't move. Well, no matter who they pick, we'll definitely be on here talking about it. Um, now, how about uh, Cubs free agents? I want to go down the list. I just want to yay or nay, and then we could talk about uh, the yays, I guess. Um, Steve Ciszek. <sighs> a lot of wear and tear on that. Man. A lot of one on the list. Um, um, you know, I'd have to look at the he's, contract. He's I'm 33 kind of years old. He's 33 years old right now. Um, I, I mean, I think Joe Blue out his arm. He pitched in every single game for the last three years. I don't even think it was this year as much as it was like last year. Um, yeah, I, I feel like he needs an off year. Yeah. I mean, I want him to come out to Colorado and play for my softball team. He'd be a great <laughs> fucking pitcher. Uh, Cole Hamels. Free no. agent. Hey. I, yeah. I fucking loved Cole Hamels going into the season. I think I was right in my assessment of it until he got hurt. Like, once he got hurt. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Well, but I, was I mean. right until I was wrong. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. But he was that- doing great. Like, some people said he, his, his abilities were going to fall off. His abilities did not fall off. His body did. And I don't think that's going to come. 35 is, years old. What do you think? Is Crowley? there anybody else? I don't know. I was um, Ryan, you know, Ryan Davis, uh, a friend sure, of ours. Sure. Uh, he was uh, covering the Cardinals over in St. Louis. And he was really impressed with Adam Wainwright and kind of threw out that name. You know what I mean? Like, well, what if, you know, Wainwright on a one year deal to the Cubs? <laughs> and then know? ducked for cover <laughs> yeah. on Twitter. Fuck yeah. that. That's- I think he. 
but but my point being here let's is bring that jim edmonds back out of the fucking box. hey it works we've made the playoffs that year yeah, he caught the last out of uh, to win the division against the Cardinals, right? And, but I'm I'm kind of done with these old guys. Like we got to kind of develop some young pitching out of somewhere. Like the you know if you're going to keep going with Cole Hamels or, or or some of these other older guys, you know I know everyone points to Justin Verlander, but that's really not the norm. You know these bodies start to break down after a while. And by the way, the Cubs had a chance at Justin Verlander. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did, I don't. I don't think they were even in on him. Like they, I don't think. Oh they no, even, they were in on him. It was Javi Baez that was going to be traded for him, is what I heard. And so, would you make that deal? I mean, that's a tough one. Well, I mean, yeah. That I mean, at the time, I probably would have made that deal because Javi wasn't who he is. Right now, no. You know, but this, at the same time, too. Verlander wasn't that great when he was leaving Detroit. I know that you know that's true too. You know he he kind of looked like shit, and 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 I guess they, you know, some people think he worked out some mechanical stuff. Uh, if you got Trevor Bauer, he believes that they're doctoring the ball. Uh, you know, certain things like that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I the, guess you're right. The when, Houston when, the Houston when, pitching fix is ridiculous. Like what they do going on in Houston. Yeah, Garrett Cole, and yeah, there's stuff. something. Yeah, there's definitely something going on there, and and may, we'll know in ten, twenty years. You know, well, uh, you know, he, you know, I, 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 I will put it this way: I dislike Trevor Bauer as a human being greatly. Um, I'm not, you know, I think he's kind of a jerk. Uh, not kind of, I think he's a jerk. No, he's a uh, fucking asshole. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the but worst. but he is one of those. He's kind of like a trying to the best way to kind of describe it. Doesn't he, mean he's always wrong. He, he, right, he's, he's a Jose Canseco. He. No, nobody Jose likes him, but stupid. he happens to actually well, know it's, what it's, he's it's, about. Right, he has a general idea of, of pitching and pitching mechanics. That that's why the the national media guys fawn over him is because he's able to communicate kind of and simplify things to people when it comes to pitching and spin rate. And he kind of has done all sorts of really cutting edge stuff. And I know that uh, the Reds just hired what's his buddy. Uh, from pitch line, you know, and the Cubs were in on him too, and they yeah, did for, not get him for the new. Uh, th- th- well, that was part of Theo's presser too, the uh, p- director of pitching and hitting, right? And and so when you look at that, you know, the, he just had a lot of. Uh, there's an interesting history between uh, Garrett Cole and uh, and Bauer. They really truly dislike each other. They were on the same college team. And there's kind of a real intense rivalry, and and he swears to God that, that you just cannot increase your spin rate as much as Garrett Cole did coming from the Pirates to the Astros. Hmm. I wonder if this is like a deal with the devil, sort of Robert Johnson, you know, story. <laughs> you know, like when they, he, they've got their he, own special crossroads right outside of Houston. Yeah. I'm going to the crossroads. Gonna learn how to spin. Yep. And, <laughs> like instead of like having to play a guitar until their fingers bleed. They're just throwing baseballs until their hand is mush. And I threw on the baseball till my hand was mush. Oh, and then they blow out their arm. And, and he blew out his arm. It's replaced with a demon's tendon. <laughs> replaced a, with a demon's a tendon. De- Dude, you're right. This song. John. It's the, the Demon John surgery. The Demon John. <laughs> there you go. You're writing the song in front Demon of my eyes. Demon John. He, yeah, that's. His name was Demon John. Of, oh, oh, put it to even flow. 
Yep. Demon John. Demon John. So, and then Theo, Theo will come sing it with you. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Derek Holland, the oh, Dutch God, oven. No. Yeah. Oh, let's pull the covers over this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brandon Kitzler. Uh, 35. Uh, boy. I heard from a guy that knows Brandon Kitzler that he was talking about maybe trying. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I was making up Brandon Kitzler as a snitch joke. But <laughs> the, uh, no, uh, yeah, 35 years old. You got to go younger on this bullpen, right? Yeah. Brandon was uh, was effective this year, though. He was, and, and there's no doubting it. But like you said, I, I look at these teams, especially some of these teams in the playoffs, and some of these guys are throwing 97, 98 gas. Where's our flamethrowers? We man? don't these have guys one. coming in there. We don't have them. No. Yeah, and and what was Brandon Kinsler's like signature game at all with the Cubs? What was the day that you were like, oh fuck, Brandon Kinsler's good? There wasn't yeah, one. one of those. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. It was always like, oh, he made it through that inning. Great. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. He kind of had like the Justin Wilson syndrome where the first year was so bad that he was actually not that bad the second year, but you still have so many bad flashbacks of him being bad that you just can never get over it. Yeah, this year, 2.68 ERA. He was great. 1.7 war, uh, 57 innings pitched. You know, you kind of were are wondering why Joe maybe didn't go to him more. 57 innings. I know there were a lot more innings <laughs> that needed. There's no innings to be had when you got C Shack out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eighty-seven thousand innings for Steve C Shack. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, I'm trying to look at one time when Brandon Kinsler really went more than one inning, and it didn't happen this year. How many times did Joe like tap his right arm and out of the bullpen came C Shack, and he thought it was supposed to be Kinsler? He's like fucking C Shack again. I'm like damn, I I just force a habit. I said C Shack. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Kinsler. Um, no, but the, the I don't know. Yeah, Brandon Kinsler, thirty five years old. I mean, you you do need some sort of veteran out there. Um, Pedro Strope's another guy who I I saw that uh, our good friend uh, Evan Altman from Cubs Insider was getting a lot of uh, negative feedback about his article about Pedro Strope wanting to come back because he basically said, I'm a Cub forever. Like, my heart is the Cubs. Look, if Strope is willing to come back on some fucking ridiculous deal. Well, right? ridiculous. Define that. Define how How much? $3 million, $3 million? Would you give Pedro Strope? Is that worth it? No, no. I would like. I was thinking, like, if, if he's like uh, a million bucks, million bucks a year. Look, that's more than any of us are ever going to think about having in a year. That's how bad you want to like be a million cup. bucks a year, and he comes back. Like, I would give him a shot for a year, and you know, and for, see, for a see million. What do you do? What's your number, Crawley? Would you uh, a Would you want him back? And B Would you? How much would you give him? Tops. <sighs> You know, that's a tough one. It, yeah. You just don't know with his health being what it is. He is one of those guys in the locker room that is the pull the guy aside and have a conversation, conversation, uh, especially with some of the uh, Latino Cubs. But, uh, you know, it's it's you know, it's the hamstrings. And I just don't know if they're going to hold up, you yeah. know, and, and I just I'm just 
you, that's who you went in with your closer, and then the hamstring started acting up, and then the fastball lost a couple miles off, and now you're in a lot of trouble. If he, he right. if he loses two to three miles an hour off that fastball, well, you know they're sitting red on him. So, Crawley, he's in for a million bucks. A million bucks is pretty easy to DFA, right? Yeah, I, I could do I could do a million easy. Yeah, like if he if he said something like that, like he wants to be a cup for life, he wants to pitch a couple more years. It's a million bucks. Look, I'm with you. Two million. Very, very nervous about Pedro Stroke coming back based on what we've seen in the last year and a month. But I like Pedro Stroke, and I wouldn't hate to see him back if it was super cheap. I mean, he had a good beginning of the season. Well, he started out kind of bad, but um, he had a good. He got his ERA down to two fifty three by early May. Okay, so and then at the end of the season, he got his ERA down from a high of five seventy nine down to four ninety seven. So I mean, so he was a little bit better by the end of the year. I don't know if you find hope from that. He gave up three runs in. Let's see, one, two. I don't think he three, was in the same four. situations in the end of the year either. No, that's true. They did take him out of some of the high leverage stuff, but um, I don't know. It, it's I, I think that there's something still in the tank there. You look at a guy on the Nationals right now, like Fernando Rodney, who was a Cub recently. Not that he did great the other night, but he's <laughs> but he's still no, out there, and he's six years old. No, he's six. No, he's forty two. He's yeah, we eight totally years thought older than he was done when the Cubs got rid of him, and now he's still playing. Like you still he's in see the, him out there. You're he's like, in oh. the playoffs. Yeah, and, and he's being entrusted with us. Uh, you know, not, I, I would feel more comfortable with him if he would go back to the arrow shooting routine. Uh, well, he 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 can't really shoot arrows when he's giving up <laughs> lots of runs. It's, it's I like, still want to see arrows. He's shooting arrows at balls flying out of the park. <laughs> yeah, he's like, come down. <laughs> um, no, forty-one point two innings for Strope this year, and so obviously that's way less of a workload. I'm thinking that he, I think he latches on to somebody else. He definitely finds a job in Major League Baseball. I don't think his voice is done with the Chicago Cubs, it's going to drive a lot of meatball fans nuts. I don't think that's part of the Cubs, uh, you know, what they're looking at, whether they want to bring him back. If they could get him for a million bucks, I mean, I doubt they can get him for that cheap. But, I look, I'm three, just saying. Would you do it you, for three? You never know. Dude's 34. He's had a great career. He's had his best years in Chicago. You know, when we talk about this, it brings me back to another Michael Cotton point, and uh, th- that comes down to the medical training staff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. It, no, I'm, I'm being serious here. Like, like you know, just some of the stuff. It just kind of like I just kind of shake my head, and I just don't know if it's bad luck or just improper training techniques or or just age or what it is. But I don't know. Well, like, apparently, be- they've got that Australian guy that gives them a bucket full of water and makes them run up and down stairs. Yeah, <laughs> just, John. Yeah, John Baker was talking about him. I'm just like who? I'm just honestly, I'm, I'm honestly wondering. You know, if boy, because like you said, if, if he's healthy, he's he's he is a valuable member of your uh, bullpen. And again, maybe he's not your eighth inning guy anymore, or your set your backup for a closer. But maybe he is a sixth, seventh inning guy. You know. And right. could still and, have value there. And can I tell you something here? I think his problem is in his neck. I think he's got some sort of like, I think he's... he's Hack, hat neckitis. His <laughs> back is out, you know, his neck. He needs to get a better Cairo or some shit. 
and that's fucking up everything going on. <laughs> that's my personal belief. Same thing happened to Derek Lee. His fucking neck went out, and then he was never the same player. I think Pedro Strope's neck went out uh, earlier this year, and I don't think he's been able to come back from it. Um, do you know what I have to say to that? Hey, I fixed my fucking plantar fasciitis this year with a good Cairo, so I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, David Phelps. I don't think we saw enough of this guy to really know what we have here. He's a guy coming back from Tommy John surgery, and sometimes it takes a little while yeah. for those guys to kind of get back in it. Uh, you know, it's it's there's an option that they have player. Uh, where is a team option, right? Uh, I'm concerned he's going to take time off for the Summer Olympics next year, <laughs> and I'm concerned he's going to take time off to you know go with his Christian rock career because this is actually the most popular David Phelps. On Google, if you if you type in Ga- David Phelps, the first like pretty much fifty uh, results is this guy. Okay, get to the song, David. Oh, this is great. <laughs> did did he write there the he opening music for every after-school special in the eighties? <laughs> and all the gifts and toys. He's got an old-fashioned microphone. He's wearing a white tuxedo. Is he like a Michael Bublé type? Um, he's like a Michael Bublé if he had been hit in the face with a pan. <laughs> Here's the thing. He's a Christian rock singer, and everybody knows that if you sing Christian rock, you can be as ugly as you want and still get away with it and be popular. Whereas, Is that Christian, is that Christian rock or Christian pop? I don't know. That, that wasn't rocking too much. Or man. is his Let's name see. just Christian? Let's see. Nah, it just stays there. I, I, I don't know. That That's like rock and roll circa like 1980 when not they even. were sort of coming out of disco, but not quite there. Like Air Supply? Yeah, yeah, yeah like Air go. Supply, some of the slower Chicago I'm all out stuff. of love. I'm so lost without you. Yeah, and they and they call that rock, but I think we all remember Christopher Christopher Cross. Oh, there you go. Wait, Chris Ke- Cross, Kenny Loggins, um, the guys that wore their shirts backwards. No, uh, that's a different guy. Oh. Christopher Cross was the guy. He did the uh, Arthur song, and uh, the, the poor guy. He comes out right as music videos are breaking, and he just wasn't the most handsome man in the world. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, but I just imagine the the comic book meme where Arthur is squeezing his fist. Oh, there you go. <laughs> trying to oh yeah, Arthur Christopher Cross. <clears throat> yeah, not not uh, sailing is his big song, right? Sailing, yeah, that was sailing. another big sailing. He had a bunch of big hits, and he was kind of like a fat, dopey guy. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm seeing it. And then it's like all of a sudden, all this like you know MTV just comes out, and you have like Duran Duran, you know, and then all of a sudden you got Chris Cross, Christopher Cross, and he's just kind of like he look, he kind of looks like the guy that works at a comic Chris book Cross store. Is- yeah, video killed the radio star. Yep, yep. Um, it up, Chris. How about uh, Jonathan Lucroy? Pass. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nick Castellanos <laughs> saving the best for last almost. Uh, I I think we would all like to have him back. I think he's going to want too much money for this Cubs team. And also on top of getting Nick Castellanos, 
I think that means you have to get rid of Kyle Schwarber. Exactly. You cannot have both of them in the outfield again. The Cubs' defense was just atrocious, and you have Kyle Schwarber still under very team-friendly terms, and Boris is going to drive the market extremely high for Castellanos. I just, uh, you know, I don't see it happening. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't mean you don't want Castellanos, though, right? Like, no, it he's just a real nice that, guy, yeah. It just means that... Okay, but just purely on a want basis... Yeah, if, want. I, if, if, yeah if, I, if I had all the money in the world and it didn't matter and, 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 and Papa Ricketts was spending like a, like a drunken sailor, then sure, yeah, I want Castellanos. But I think what you're saying is, is that you would rather have Kyle Schwarber over Nick Castellanos. I think it's 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 more reasonable if you look at the numbers from when Castellanos came and Schwarber's second half numbers. They're not that much different. They're identical. They're almost identical. Yeah. Right. And so you're taking a look here at a younger guy in Schwarber. You're looking at a guy who I think it's it's just you can't have both guys. And here's the thing: is that you know uh, Hayward is not a good. He's, he's a decent center fielder. He's okay. But his value, especially because, look, everyone keeps saying, you know, maybe get rid of that contract. You're not getting rid of that contract. Unless no, nobody is taking never that opting out. No, he so should. He, he should opt out. It'll be like it, his final speech, which will be a silent speech, which is, I'm not coming back, and I'm right. going to take way less money to be a baseball player. No, it's but not the, happening. The value that he gives you is purely as a defensive right fielder, which really sucks, but that is what it is. I don't uh, think I'll... He, he hit, what, 270 this year, right? He had a better... Yeah, he did better, and, but I'm he, just telling you... He hit 270. You, he you came around the, this year a little bit. The the defense is what I'm telling you. is The defense just absolutely sucked this year. It did. And you need you need to improve that. And I think that Schwarber's good enough, especially if he's hitting 35, 40 dingers, maybe more. He's absolutely adequate in left field. But you need to put Hayward back in right field, and you need to get a legit center field. Which there doesn't seem to be one out there in free agency at all. Unless you're going to go like Billy Hamilton or something, who also cannot hit. So, I, I, no, he well, can't then, hit. then you get back into bunting again, and we all know that Crawley hates that. And, you know, it's uh, <laughs> Billy Hamilton, like I said, if he's on the Cubs, you know, against the Cubs, you know, then I would take him in a heartbeat. But I, I'm sure when he's on the Cubs, he's going to be one of those Cub killers that just disappears into badness. Yeah. Uh, I, I would, you know, I know. I'm going to be honest. We were doing the round table and a lot of drinking during the, or the, we were, you know, doing a lot of drinking during the round table. I wasn't focusing. I know that um, they tried the uh, the kid um, in center field that last game. Uh, oh yeah, uh, with uh, Nico Horner. Nico Horner at center field. I don't know how that experiment worked. I, I would really just like a natural center fielder. What? No, Nico Horner is not a center fielder. Yeah, I know. That is I'm just a bad telling idea. you that, that, that that's something that they tried that last game against the Cardinals. And that's I don't know. Joe. That's Joe wanting everybody to play a different position. That's that's me, fucking, you know, coaching my little league team. I'm like, God damn it! I have to bring Joey in from center. He's got to get one inning in the infield. So, well, see, spend. Ian Happ was out there a lot two years ago. And uh, I, I think he might be an option as well out there. It depends He's how got, the- he does not have the arm for an outfielder. Not only does he not have the arm, it's just the routes too. Sometimes it's, I just want to see a natural. I, I want to uh, see you want the real deal. Yeah, yeah. I want to see a real center fielder out there. I, it's it's almost like 
if you could get some really, really solid defense. I, I just think, you know, and Danny, you've, you've heard me on my soapbox a million times. I think defense and pitch framing, I know the offense went in spurts and too many of this, too many of that. But I think just such a huge problem was the amount of extra outs that they gave the other team. Agreed. And, and so if you can sit there and you can fix that defense and pitch framing, and then you can get maybe a couple relievers and guys stay healthy, you know, God willing, or something like that, you know, then I think you're in pretty darn good shape. Well, that's going to lead into next week's episode where we talk about all the guys that we want to trade. You have to. <laughs> so next week. No, ne- next you- week is the Cubs grades. We have to do our Cubs grade show, our annual grading oh. of the Cubs. <laughs> no, we'll also do the Cubs grades, of oh, course. Yeah. We always do the Cubs grades right after the season is yeah. over. Yeah, we always but do them. I think we need to talk about next week. The Each one of us has to come up with four players that should be traded. All right. Well, I mean, should be or can be? No, <laughs> should be. <laughs> That's the question. Well, uh, and I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I, I Yeah, because you, you can't trade Hayward. You know, you, you, you're not going to be able to trade that. Yeah, exactly. There's No, there's that's we don't really get that much into trades on the show just because we have nothing to do with it. Like, we, you could say no, who but, you want. But, but we have a lot of guys on this team. I think we just need to talk about who should be traded. Yeah. There needs to be change. This is the season of change. Change, yeah. And, Danny, we got nothing else to fucking talk exactly. about because the Cubs <laughs> aren't the Cubs playing are in October. For six months. Um, uh, well, how about – all right, let me finish the list here. Ben Zobrist. I mean, he could be done. He's probably done. But Okay, look. Ben Zobrist needs to retire. This is going out to Ben Zobrist because I know he's I know he's listening. Ben. Ben, listen to me. Benzo. Booby. Okay? Hey, Bubbala. You need to leave. It's time. And I'm not saying it's time because you aren't good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you leave now, you leave on one of the greatest endings for any Cubs player yeah, ever. Striking out Yadier Molina. You struck out Yadier Molina for your last <laughs> moment with the Cubs and in baseball. That right there will get your fucking number hung from a foul pole. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, to add on to that, you know, you just got to wonder how much the guys uh, head and heart are really still in it. Uh, he went through obviously a, a, a clearly a real tough year for him, and it's it's just one of those things that it's it's. I just this this year's kind of screwed me up on the way I've thought about certain things, and it's just you know I'm I'm glad they allowed Ben to kind of do what he had to do, but in the long run, it re, you know it screwed it was, up the whole year. It, it hurt the team. Yeah, <laughs> Crowley's like, I'm glad they let him do what he what he wants to do, but now I know why corporate assholes. <laughs> fire pregnant women and men with bad wives like that that's crawley's new attitude yeah it's 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 on his t-shirt you know (laughs) yeah i'll be selling those next week it's just one of those it's it's just god it's you know if he would have been around who knows what would have happened you you're left with a lot of what ifs but it's not fair not fair to put that on a 38 year old guy too he shouldn't have to be the hero you know what i mean well even just but even just taking like nine eight nine pitches per at bat at the top of the order comes without a leadoff hitter he's your switch hitting leadoff hitter at the top of the order like 
it hurt not having him. And for that, I don't want him back. Fuck that guy. Like, he could... <laughs> no, because his fucking wife could fucking freak out the fuck again. And then here we are again. And Ben's like, oh, I really can't play right now because my wife, she just, she just told me that she, like, she fell and her ankle hurts and I gotta get over there. Like, honestly, you can't trust a person like him anymore. Right. The thing is, yeah, it's 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 just. And then when he kind of was doing his comeback, he's like, "Well, I, I'm going to come here to Tennessee, and then I'm going to go to Iowa, and then I'm going to go back to Tennessee." And then yeah. it, it just was kind of like he, he, baseball. I, I hate to say it is not something you can half-ass. You know what I mean? And and you know what? He came back and looked pretty darn good for somebody that took that much time off. I was really impressed, fair, Crowley, by it, But the three of us are half-assing baseball right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now a word from our sponsor, Blue Chew. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? If you want to increase your performance, get that little extra confidence in bed, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, full or empty stomach, and since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity <coughs> arises. Now, if you could benefit from a little extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow the route. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Now, right now, we've got a special deal for our Sunranto listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ARMCHAIR. A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR. And try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. Well, uh, speaking of half-assing, let's uh, finish this sucker off. Um, Well, no, no, no poop pun. (laughs) Let's. Well, no, 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 no. no, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. We do have one more uh, kind of Cubs thing to talk about, which is the. Oh, you just got a rumbly in your belly, right? Yeah, marquee TV deal. Is happening. We don't know the payroll. Uh, we don't know the carriage fees. They're kind of they're kind of stepping it back. Remember when like two years ago it was like, oh, it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna have this new TV channel. The money will be rolling in, and we'll have all Mike Trout's. Everybody in the team. Wheel barrels of cash. Wheel barrels of cash flying through the door. It's all getting poured back in the team. Yeah, that's what and they then, told us. And then mm. they chose Sinclair, who nobody likes. Well, you know, I, I, uh, is, I don't think it has as much to do Sinclair as, as, as just it's like me right now opening up a blockbuster video. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the time for, you know, you talk about, you know, four or five, six years ago when, when you're talking these regional sports networks were making hands over fist monies. I know the Cardinals have an amazing deal. Boston, the Yankees, you know, just the Dodgers have these amazing deals. And now all of a sudden people are starting to back away from them saying like, you know, the Dodgers people don't like to watch, you know, baseball. Not everybody. If you're talking about what percentage of people are actually wanting to pay the extra, let's say, six to eight dollars on a cable bill. People are cutting cable all over the place. The Dodgers are really killing this because they're the ones that got that big deal, but then nobody in L.A. can watch the games. Like, it's right. like one-third of the population can even see it. Which they right. did. They, Go ahead. 
No, I was gonna say they overvalued what they what they thought they could charge. Well, and they and they thought that they would it would draw people in, and it did not. Right. Yeah. And they can't charge as much, you know, which I think they're dialing back now. Maybe what the carriage fees will be. Um, but hey, look, I just realized because of what Crawley said. Crawley, you, you gave me a label right over my head. What was that? You said opening a blockbuster video, right? Yes. I think you're onto something. The Marquee Network is going to be the new hipster fad. They will pay forty dollars a month to watch if it's on vinyl. <laughs> old school vinyl baseball. Yeah, get get your, get yourself an old black and white TV. Um, no, I, I mean Len and JD are going to have to grow uh, lamb chops and wear cool hats. Well, they, I mean, they they have no deals yet with any of the cable companies in Chicago. None, and um, you know NBC Sports. Like, there's a huge shakeup there. I think I said on this show about how basically I was there the other day and everybody got fired, and I had to have these <laughs> conversations with a guy being like, "Well, I don't know what I'm going to do now," and I'm like, oh, "This is awkward. I don't really know you." <laughs> well, that's that, that's the thing is is that the only only deal that was made so far with Marquis and Sinclair's with Charter, and I don't know anybody that has Charter. Um, you take a look, you know, the big ones that we have are Comcast and Dish. And Comcast has no deal. And Dish has gone on record saying they really don't care about regional sport networks. They don't want it. And so when you're talking about over at uh, NBC Sports, there, since October 1st, there has been no, there is no uh, NBC Sports on Dish TV. You can't get it. And so uh, you don't get White Sox, Bulls, or Blackhawks right now if you're in the Chicagoland area and you have Dish TV. Yeah, same thing is happening out here with Altitude Sports that carries the Avalanche. Uh, there's no carrier right now in the Denver area for them. Which I wonder if that's just kind of a precursor to it all going digital, you know, and saying no, we're going to go app and we're not going to do any TV deals. So the Cubs are doing a TV deal at a time when other people are not doing TV deals at all. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it does seem like a bit of a disconnect of. <laughs> It's going to be. I mean, you know, there. I love the idea of vinyl baseball games, though. No, but but again, <laughs> at, at the time when you're talking about, I think when they signed those deals and they were all supposed to end, had was it around 2015? Right around 2015, they had like the four year deal or 2016, and then and then the four years it was going to be over, and then you know you had the three separate deals: the ABC, the NBC, it was Comcast Sports, later NBC Sports, and then WGN. Everything was going to end. The Cubs were on the World Series. They had all this young talent. Everything looked good. And then all of a sudden, you know, the market drops out. The team is starting to suck a little bit. Not suck a little bit, but they're, they're not what they were. Well, their ratings are down, be. though. The ratings. ratings are down about 5%, which, you know, not really what you want to see going into, you know, opening a year. My only hope, and this is, this is, a, this is a Hail Mary right here, is that Ricketts kind of feels like, you know, maybe we have to spend a little bit to kind of attract more people to want to watch the game. Yeah. Oh, the, no, no, no. Garrett Cole, Rendon, <laughs> get it done. You're, no, you're totally right. Ricketts does feel like he has to spend a little more to attract people to the game. He's just not spending it on the payroll. It's, it's going the to restaurants be in, and, yeah. Yeah, Gallagher Way is is getting a a, a new water feature. Right, but but um, see, but see, <laughs> you can spend all your money on on all that stuff all you want. Those are great revenue streams, but the TV's the driver. And, yeah, and, no, and hey, he's got to. We're know in that. PK Ricketts land now. 
he's he's making everything good around the team except for the team. Well, here's the thing is that all of these buildings that are paying premium space to be about Wrigley Field, this is the second year in a row, really almost for many of these places that just opened up where there's no October baseball. Yeah, they're empty right now. You know, they, they, are, they are getting killed. And so those rents that you're charging, I mean, it's, you're going to have to be real careful. So you better really kind of consider if you're going to have a network and you're going to be charging all this premium space around the ballpark, you better have October baseball because when you don't, when you lose that month, when you lose that playoff atmosphere where everybody's drinking everywhere, you know, it's, and it, and it, it brings in so much people and you don't have that. Yeah, because people just don't go to the game. You know, there's only 40,000 people in there. There's another million people outside of the ballpark at sitting at bars, eating food, drinking beer, like, and they're missing all that right now. Like, you know, this game, you know, between the Nationals and the Dodgers right now, that this should, this could be at Wrigley Field, you know, and it's not, you know, and they're, they're missing it all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, my heart of hearts, just because I'm a punk, I it, it's hard because I'm between a rock and a hard place. I want the Ricketts to fail miserably. You know, I want them to lose all their money. I want them to, you know, th- th- I, I want them to know that they can't just come in and change things into their own image and remake Wrigleyville and you, you just do whatever they want, put up their video boards, do all the, the changes that they've already implemented and, and just take all the money and run away and like we're all suckers and we'll just keep giving them money for third place teams, right? I want them to fail. But the, uh, the other part of it is, and it's a very important part, is I really need the Cubs to be good. Like <laughs> I, I want the Cubs to be good too. And I can't have both right, of those that things. That affects your everyday life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can't have both. And that's what's kind of where I'm sitting at. And a lot of people have been sitting at since the racist Papa Ricketts emails came out, since Addison Russell was re-signed for the team, since all this stuff happened, like there's a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So I'm kind of like, yeah, fuck the Ricketts. Like I hope nobody subscribes to their TV. And I hope the whole thing's a failure and they end up giving it away for free on WGN and they bang WGN to show the games again or something like that, you know, but I know that's not realistic, but it's just kind of like how I truly feel and I need to work through it this offseason and see how I feel about it when the TV channel is possibly available to me. Oh, Danny working through his marquee feelings. Yeah, that's this it. off season, I got on the Sun yeah, show. six months of it. I mean, I, I really each week we're going to check in with Danny. You know, it is it is amazing the amount of goodwill that was lost in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Dude, it, I, it went quick. And and I will tell you that I know uh, I brought this up, I think, the last time we were talking, that Phil Rogers quote, but all of a sudden, you know, the, about the, you know, when things went bad when, you know, uh, Baez went to shortstop or anything. But to me, I don't, like I said, I don't know because Phil says so many stupid things that I'm not really sure how to take what he said. But for me, like that whole Addison Russell thing, all of a sudden that just kind of just like, you know, I know a lot of people will say Chapman or all this Chapman and stuff like that. But but to me, like the Russell thing was just kind of like it just was the it, it popped the balloon, I guess, a little bit, took the air out of it a little bit where it just all of a sudden you're, you just kind of didn't feel as good about it as you once did, I guess. Well, the well, Cubs, the Cubs way felt like bullshit. The whole character, we choose everybody by character and, you know, and the content of who they are. And, you know, that was just all out the window at that point. Yeah, and and, uh, and like I said, it, it's it's I will always, you know, I, I've just been through too many bad seasons. I really just want to see the Cubs succeed, you know, and and 
you're, you're going to really, I'm not trying to make excuses for the guys, but when you talk about billionaire sports owners, you're not going to find too many, you know, cool guys, you know, that are going to have similar politics to what you may have. And that's kind of because they're super wealthy and they're going to want to keep that money with them. You know, I don't know if you were watching today where some NBA guy, he was some NBA general manager from Houston, made a comment about, you know, China and the way that they're, you know, for support for the Hong Kong uh, people of Hong Kong and the NBA slapped this guy down. The owner slapped this guy down because they don't care about uh, Hong Kong dissidents. They care about making billions and billions of dollars in China. Yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, that, that that's what they care about. And so, you know, it's, it's always kind of this dichotomy of, are there really any sports owners that you would say like, you no. know, pre, I mean, the, the, <laughs> Zero. It's, right. You're that's, so that's what I'm saying. I think that, you know, for the Ricketts, I think that, you know, I think there's, there's a lot, it, it, like you said, Danny, there's a lot to work out yeah. and, and there's a lot of feelings that you get mixed in with it. And, you know, we're still seeing, like I said, an 84 win team. It wasn't good enough. And I think it could have been better. And I think mistakes were made by every single person from, from owner on down. I think okay. there were mistakes made, but you know, at this point in time, I, I just hope that they, you know, I want to see some winning baseball again. That's what I love. I love being, I, I tweeted it today and Danny said, yeah, what did you say? Uh, sometimes like staying one day too long in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what it feels like. Yeah. I, I, I just really miss playoff baseball. I looked out the window today and the sun was shining and I'm like, man, I just want to be at Wrigley with a beer, you know, and, and, and playing meaningful baseball games and getting all jacked up. And instead I'm watching other teams having fun. Yeah. Six, six, one nationals too. So I, yeah. I still got a dog in the fight. Do you remember when the most hated owner was George Steinbrenner? And the reason we hated him because he just spent too much money on his team. <laughs> it was called jealousy. Uh, All right. So so now here's here's the poop joke. Um <laughs> let's let's pinch off this epi- episode with some TFCs. Can I start real quick because I want to bring back an old favorite. Yes, um, go for which it. is a Coombs Corner food review. <laughs> I was a little bored the other night, and I thought I'd go over to the Coombs Corner Google page and uh, see how it was going over there. Um, we do have to have an off-season uh, party over there. Carly, hey, are you in? Awesome. Hey, uh, we're going to be in town. There. Yeah, let's go. Like, yeah, when uh, Michael's in town, let's all go to Coombs Corner. That's child-friendly. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Do you guys want to hear Bobby Litwicky or Gina G? Let's go with Gina G because it sounds like an 80s drummer. <laughs> Worst service ever. Can't even rate the food because it never came. <laughs> I will agree that's the worst service ever <laughs> ordered two burgers and we waited almost an hour before we walked out it wasn't even busy the place was dirty and there were gnats flying everywhere <laughs> oh I can't wait to go there yeah let's go you just sold it <laughs> let's go you got a TFC I do yeah uh, I got a guy Brett Lincoln uh, Brett Lincoln is a Cardinals fan, oh. and uh, there's you guys follow uh, baseball's best fans. Oh it's yeah, my, just absolutely hilarious, and, and it's just a kind of a running joke. So I got into it with Brett Lincoln before, where I asked him, 
straight up, would you trade Yadi Molina right now for Mike Trout? Oh my God. And the classic, this is classic. Every time they fall into it, near probably about 99.9% of Cardinals fans would not trade Yadi or Molina right now for Mike Trout. Uh, and so Brett Lincoln said three days ago, uh, they said I was dumb for not wanting to trade Yachty for Trout. Trout's at home watching TV. Yachty is making the difference in the postseason by stopping what would have been the game-tying run. <laughs> well, so he, guy- he also tied the game today and won it today. Yeah. Hey, well. You know what, though? I don't know. Right. I'm kind of... That dude is... Hey, he's, got a, he's singing a whole different tune today because... When he saw Yachty toss that bat, he was like, he respect the game. Fuck Yachty. He I doesn't think, respect the game. I think when you talk about the greatest, potentially the greatest player of all time in baseball, if you look at the numbers, uh, and unfortunately we don't get to see a lot of Mike Trout because of West Coast and all that stuff, and the Angels kind of suck, uh, that you don't get a lot of Mike Trout, but I don't care. You you name me anyone on the Cubs right now, and you can have them for Mike Trout. Absolutely. And it's funny because when the Cardinals were in town, that the last time the Cardinals were in town, I went around at, at Nisei Lounge to Cardinal fans and asked them Yachty for Trout. And most of the people that were actually at the game were like, oh, hell yeah, Yachty for Trout. <laughs> Any day of the week, which was a surprise because online it's quite different, like you just pointed out. But in real life, when you talk to them to their face, they they will trade Yachty for Mike Trout, right? Because they they, I mean, it's they different get out. having somebody laugh right in your face <laughs> versus, <laughs> versus right lol. Yeah, they, don't, they don't want that. All right, yeah. what do you got, Mike? By the way, uh, you know, Mike Trout plays center field. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Gonna, I mean, R- Ricketts out of money. Can't do it. Who, Can't do who it. They want. Albert Almora for Mike Trout. Done. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, you just solved the whole. Yeah, straight up center fielders. Yeah. Angels save money. Joe Maddock could lead him off. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) He loves it. He loves it. Uh, Okay. What do you got? So I got infield fly girl. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Wow. We Cubs fans are truly blessed with Pat and Ron and Dad and Uncle Jim in our broadcast family. This Cardinals guy on the radio, whoever he is, sounds half comatose. First off, I've got more to this, but wait, who's Dad? I think I know who Uncle Jim is, but is um, Len Dad? Len Casper tells Dad jokes. Ah, okay. I, and she's much younger than me. <laughs> like. I can't imagine Len Casper as my dad. Like, okay, I, 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 he's a peer, and I love his jokes. Um, all right. So then somebody responds. Are you talking about Mike Shannon? Has he said Goldschmish yet? <laughs> he does. He does. He calls him Goldschmish. He does. Uh, and and then Phil Fly Girl says, I don't know. Does this Shannon dude regularly talk like he's got a mouthful of cheap beer? <laughs> and I just thought that was a, a wonderful, <laughs> a wonderful little conversation there. It makes me feel much better, especially after he had me jumping around on his fake home run call. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> and then he dives into the crowd. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I the thing that made me laugh the hardest this week was not baseball related. It's actually quite a sad story, which was posted by um, my, <laughs> You're my, like what made me laugh was, was a very sad story. Well, yeah, because there's this guy, but this he's a musician. There are only four hippos left in the world. He's a mus- Well, it's kind of like that. A musician, uh, Benjamin Cartel. Uh, he plays with my old bass player Mike uh, from Bad Teenage Mustache, and. Uh, Recently, a guy who they worked with up in Minneapolis uh, died. He died, and he, he had a Facebook post, and it says, you know, it's hard to say goodbye to a friend who's met so much, one of a kind, Ed Ackerson, I can never really say goodbye, blah, blah, blah. His music lives on, da-da-da. But then at the end, he says, you know, this is a sad day for music. Listen to his great work. Support his family. Celibate the life and work of Ed Ackerson. Celibate? <laughs> Celibate. It said, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, it was this big long paragraph. And then at the end, celibate the life and work of Ed Ackerson. There's a picture of a guy who's now dead and looks kind of celibate. Um, and now he's definitely celibate. He's dead. Um, so Ed Ackerson, go go listen to his music. Uh, he's, he died. And then I got one more... Um, and this comes from uh, somebody who hated Fernando Rodney last night coming into uh, the game. Is it the hat? Oh yeah. Oh I, yeah. Give us some. Give us some hat. He Rodney. says, "I know Rodney wears hit hat that way as a tribute, but that crooked hat will never not annoy me. And also a former D back. Fuck Rodney." I'll, I'll never get the anti hat people. I don't the crooked hat. It's. It's a, such a weird hill to die on. It, well, it's all—it's always middle. It's not middle age. It's always white men. Yeah. Why does why do white men hate crooked hats? That's the real question because it's always them. It's never anybody of color. It's never a woman. Maybe sometimes it's a woman, but it's mostly no, a yeah, white sometimes, guy. Sometimes, sometimes it's a white woman whose husband is using her account <laughs> <laughs> just to pick up chicks. Usually the uh, Avi has aviator sunglasses on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm with and you. Mega, mega. <laughs> oh well. Uh, well, there's a show. And uh, does anybody else have a TFC? No. Nah. All right, good. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we're good. Uh, will we- hey, hey, we only went fucking two hours again. Like I seriously thought we had an hour in us tonight. Nah, it's off season. We got more to talk about. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> it's it's way less straightforward now. Ah, uh, stick with us, folks. Yeah. Nothing but hilarity and hijinks. Yeah, we'll all keep winter long. We'll keep you warm all off season. We really will. Um, well, anyway, go Nationals. I guess that's my team because of Johnny Onomatopoeia. You friend say of the it backwards. show. Backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, g- g- uh, but uh, Spagog. I'm going Sivrabog. I'll just go with a simple Spagog. There it is. If you want to help keep this show live on the air, please subscribe. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Thanks for listening. I had a vision. I had a vision just the other day. Travel back to 1908 The last year the Cubbies went all the way Made a decision That I never want to come back again I'll miss you all but this place is heaven 
Cause here the Cubbies are the champions And I'm not getting back in that time machine Saying goodbye to my old life Staring at a screen Unless the best damn Cubs team I ever seen Can finally win it all in 2016 And chains. Overalls pitching. Damn, I had hoped to see three finger brown. Knows how to throw and mow the batters down. At least I can't afford the tickets now. Wow, oh wow. And I'm not getting back in that time machine. I'll drive a Model T Ford on 10 cent gasoline. Unless the best damn Cubs team I ever seen can finally win it all in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not kidding. fan could be watching Chicago win the World Series I'm not getting back in that time machine I'll root for Ed Rubach and Johnny Kling unless the best damn Cubs team I ever seen can finally win it all in 2016 and I'm not getting back in that time machine yeah, they don't call it a trough they call Unless the best damn Cubs team I ever seen can finally win it all in 
VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.